Hi, you're listening to Track Changes, the podcast of Postlight, digital product studio at 101 Fifth Avenue in New York City. My name is Paul Ford. I'm the co-founder of Postlight and the co-host of Track Changes. And I'm Rich Ciotti, the other co-host and co-founder of Postlight. It's been a great year for Track Changes. It's been a great year for Postlight. I want to keep this short, Paul, because this is we're reflecting now on yeah, 2017. Yeah, we're going to talk about 2017 is over. And in fact, it's 2018 now. Yeah. (laughs) And so as we're recording this, we thought it would be very, very sensible for us to talk a little bit about what happened and what we think about what happened over the last year and talk a little bit about what we see coming down the pike. Perfect. So Rich, I heard through the grapevine of you across the table in the podcast studio that you have found an article about the big tech well, stories. It's just the tech news article. All right, I, don't, I mean, this is just in looking back at 2017. All right. All right. So item one, the iPhone X was revealed this year. This oh, is one really of their great. top things. Boy, that was a big deal. That was yeah. really cool. It got a notch in the it. The notch in there. Oh, I mean, the, emo- the emoji. I mean, there's nothing to say here. The I feel like emoji. we can skip this. No, nonsense. I don't think we should. Because first of all, like, oh, my God. Oh my God! That Apple event was excruciating. Second of all, animoji like three hours. Too. It's just it's just Tim Cook in a shirt. Yeah, I'm so tired of their shirts. Just put on a blazer. Well, one of them like doesn't tuck his shirt. No, he looks like a schlump, but he's worth half a billion dollars. That's that's literally Silicon Valley. Right? Pisses me off. So it's like, oh, look at me with my denim shirt, like a schmuck. Anyway, I got one, Paul. It's all right. I, it recognizes my the big feature is it recognizes my face. How is that a feature? Well, I mean, you just look at the phone and it opens it up. I recognize your face. It's disappointing. I tried this with other parts of my body. It didn't work. Turn that away. (laughs) I'm so tired of recognizing your face. I'm glad the phone does it. I bet your wife is too. I bet she's like, I'm glad that it knows who you are today. By the way, this isn't going to be just a bunch of jokes. This is the same technology that it was in the Microsoft Connect. That's true. And through happenstance, we actually uh, know one of the people uh, that invented the technology that was licensed by Microsoft uh, for the Kinect. The, and they never owned it. Microsoft never acquired the tech. Apple did. The day their licensing ended, Apple snatched up the tech. Sure. Uh, which was whatever, a few years ago. And that's whatever. what's in the notch on the top of the iPhone 10. That's what's in the notch on the iPhone 10. And I was talking to the person, was one of the inventors, and he said he cannot believe that they got the processing power on a device that small and that can read that quickly. He's like, I'm blown away that they were able to do that. No, I think so that's real. It's an engineering feat. Uh, you know, the iPhone, we can we can make fun all we, all we want because it is fun to make fun of Apple. No, no, it's a flawless miracle of technology. Well, they're, they are at the front of technology and and like just the just everything the they do. The thing that is, they pull off is, is ridiculous. It's kind of ridiculous. It's exhausting, but ridiculous. <sighs> Next item, Bitcoin mm-hmm. and the cryptocurrency boom. God, I'm so tired. I'm really tired. Can we just, I I just, I'm done. I want to share like a- I love this industry, but I don't think I loved it as much this last year. you own Bitcoin, year. Paul? No. You I, want to own Bitcoin? You know, I, <laughs> I wrote about it years and years ago and I thought about it and I like I, I knew about it very early days. Yeah. And You'd be wealthy. Every now and then I think about that. But there's I know this one journalist who is immune- to success. He is not, and he bought like 70 bitcoins at a quarter each to write a story. Oh no. I checked in with him and I'm like, what's the story? And he's like, well, you know, the regular, I bought some pizzas. I got some mattresses. <laughs> and he's like, I still do have them. 
And so he is probably worth like $600,000 in Bitcoin at this point. He has all of them? No, I mean, he, he probably half of them or more are gone, but it doesn't matter. They're worth 20000 each. Like right now, it's surpassed $10,000 for right, a single. Right. So, I mean, this is someone who bought them at a quarter. He bought them when they were essentially free and he bought yeah. 70. I'm going to make a confession. Okay. So at the beginning of 2017, a single Bitcoin was worth $1,000. By November, it had surpassed ten thousand dollars so it's increased tenfold that's not a bubble not at all no that is how things increase in value especially fanciful (laughs) electricity backed nonsense money that is really great i i'm not good with this stuff i don't understand i i might i think if you trace money back to its roots it's it's goods and services right like the saudis are wealthy not because of their services they're wealthy because of their goods that they trade on the markets, right? right? So I don't understand where the dotted line goes from Bitcoin. It seems to go back to Bitcoin. It the does. dotted line to Bitcoin goes back to Bitcoin. So I don't know. I, it seems insane to me, but isn't the whole world speculative, Paul? Well, we live in a kind Can of- we get philosophical for no, a second? No, you know, when I was an editor, I, I edited a cover story for a magazine um, about the bubble, just the bubble economy that mm-hmm. we live in. And we- we live in an economy that favors bubbles. We're an optim- we're an optimistic people. We really are, and so and, and, and that's okay. <laughs> this is a bubble. I mean, come on. Like, I, it looks no, like a bubble. It takes like an entire aluminum smelting plant in China to process one transaction on Wish.com with Bitcoin. You know, yeah. it's just like, at what point do you look at this and go, maybe this isn't sustainable? Right. The Silicon Valley ethos around technology, if you talk to venture capital people, they are very, very focused, not necessarily on making amazing, awesome products. That's a big part of what they do. But what they really want to do is make the marketplace. Google is a great search engine, truly great, probably the best in the world. However, where it really shines is as a marketplace for ad distribution. Right. There's attention from search consumers on one side, and there is demand from advertisers on the other, and Google profits unbelievably. Same is true of Facebook. These are the reasons why these companies really matter. And, and increasingly, what I think is that the ethos of this world around platforms and giant technology companies, like I remember when Facebook bought WhatsApp. Remember how much that was? $19 billion. $16 billion. $19 billion. I yeah, think it was like worth was... $21 when they finally bought it with the stock exchange or whatever. Right. At that point, you got to wonder, are they buying that with actual hard dollars? Kind of. In reality, sure. They're buying with Facebook stock and they're buying with dollars and there's a valuation. But it almost feels like they're buying it with Facebook future attention coins, right? Like they're going like, oh, man, wow, that thing's really taken well, off. Well, it is. I mean, it's it's future value. That's right. At right. that scale. Microsoft, Apple, Facebook, Google, you're talking about an internal economy that is similar almost to like a national economy, right? Where these different sections of these giant platform companies intersect and spend money. And so to me, I look at the blockchain and I look at Bitcoin as almost like the reason it's so attractive to that part of the world and why they put so much money and energy behind it is that it promises in the same way that like a great product promises an amazing marketplace where you can take a little tax off of every transaction. Bitcoin promises like a native currency for that universe. And that's okay. 
Isn't I, that what we do a lot of the time? I don't know, dude. It's a pickle. We're in a pickle. We're with in this a stuff. pickle with this. They stuff. believe. Can I want to. I want to yeah. share an 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 old phenomena. This is. We're going to go back to the 1600s. Oh, the tulips. The tulips. You know, apparently the there's a lot of talk now that the whole tulip thing was a little overblown. It's never that serious. I mean. <sighs> You know, it's late for that. Well, this is what's Isn't fun, it late right? for that? <laughs> because everyone's like, hey, it's a bubble. What about the tulips? And then yeah. the, the people who are defending the bubble are like, well, now, you know, the tulip <laughs> thing was a little bit overblown. Yeah. I mean, give me, let me see the uh, There's also been the, the, you know, tulips. the South Sea Islands. Right, 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 right. But, you know, I think even closer to home might be the well, complete uh, implosion of the dot-com economy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, just to give people, you want to okay, give a quick summary? Well, back in the day in the 1600s, the Dutch uh, went crazy for tulips. Yes. People just really got into tulips and thought they were cool and different kinds of tulips, different colors. They are beautiful, by the way. Beautiful flower. And an enormous economy around tulips arose and tulips became worth zillions of gilder or whatever the heck it is. Yes. And so it was a bubble. Like way beyond. There's a book that's kind of a classic called, I think it's Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds. This is a famous book. It's a famous book. It came out in like 1800s or early 1900s. And it is about tulip mania. It's sort of the, the, the keystone of the book. But it also, if I remember correctly, I haven't read it in 10 years, but it talks about the South Sea Island bubble. And, and there were all these like real estate speculation bubbles, things like that. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, though, that everybody talks about, well, maybe the tulips, maybe not the tulips, but like we're on the other end of the 2008 housing implosion. That mm-hmm. was a bad one. And also the complete, like I remember having my entire career decimated by the first dot-com implosion. I want to walk through the bubble. Oh, boy. The tulip bubble. Oh, good. Um, Here's what it took to get one bulb of the tulip at the time was called the Viceroy. So here we go. I'm going to run down this list. It's not any one of these. You have to add these up. Two lasts of wheat, four lasts of rye, four fat oxen. Eight fat swine, twelve fat sheep, two hogsheads of wine, four tons of beer, two tons of butter, one thousand pounds of cheese, a complete bed, a suit of clothes, and a silver drinking cup. Honestly, many of our client contracts <laughs> look a lot like that. <laughs> this, I mean, if there were was ever a bubble here, right? I'd say it was viewed. You know what it was? It just be, it took the it took the it took on the characteristics of like a diamond. Sure, like it just this well, rare. Then, here's the thing. There's a fundamental little mental trick there, right? Which is like, I need to get in now because it's still happening. Yes, yes. Right, and that is just it's it's actually that simple. Like yeah. it really is. It's like I need to jump in now. Yeah. Look, if you can if you can maintain scarcity, that's where value lies. I think what's interesting here is that it's fictional. Do you know what De Beers is? Of course I do. All right. De Beers is a very strange sort of colonial commercial. When they found, and I think they'd found like tons of new mines, like mm-hmm. diamond mines somewhere, they literally sent armies out there to slaughter everybody. It's not just that. It also, if you, like even today, if you find a diamond in your backyard in South Africa, it belongs to De Beers. It's colonialism as practice. Also, do you ever do you know what it takes to buy diamonds from De Beers? No. It's one of the strangest process. I saw a documentary about this. You literally go to this building. Mm-hmm. You say, hey, I want to buy diamonds. And they probably know who you are and they know 
where you lie in terms of your purchasing value. So this is not. I'm a. I'm a. I'm going to buy wholesale. I'm not going to buy one for exactly. My, yeah. You're going to buy a bunch of diamonds, yeah. right? So you go into a room, and there's nothing in the room except a window across from you. Okay. And it looks like a um, a betting window at the track. Okay. And you come in, and they either know you or they don't, and you say, "Well, I guess this is what I'm looking for." Then they leave the room on the other side and they come back to show you the diamonds that they will make available to you. Mm -hmm. There is no showroom. There is no sense of how many diamonds they have. It is effectively controlled scarcity. Sure. That's all it is. You may come in and say, I want 10,000 and they're like, "Mm, we're going to give you 300. And this is how that's not good for the marketplace. Not good for us. It's not good for the marketplace. It is a, I mean, it is a relic of, true colonial control right today today to this day sure. right and uh the whole world pretty much deals with it and they're british too so everything sounds really nice and polite oh yeah even though there's blood all Just over their hands brutal yeah should we close it with one more 2017 this is an easy one the influence of the u.s election by hackers and by Russia and... Well, this is a big deal, right? Because what we saw is that platforms can be consolidated to the point on the internet that they have massive direct cultural power. And then you can feed that with complete garbage information that satisfies the users. So it's like... And And yes, yes. This is the mental equivalent of imagine a pneumatic tube system that could deliver McDonald's food to every house. Yep. And you go in there and you go like, you know what? We should have roast chicken tonight. Or you know what? We're going to do eggplant because we said we would do meatless Fridays. And and instead, you you just like. Continue to get. Uh, just fries. A fry hose. Just, just fills, keeps coming. Yeah, you go to the sink and it's just filled with French fries. Yeah. And you're like, well, you know what? <laughs> Let's have French fries Let me fries dial tonight. up the analogy even more to an entire population that's never smoked cigarettes or been addicted to nicotine. They start the process. Oh, and yeah. then it gets to a point where you don't even need the pipe. We you get them free at the supermarket to you get them, you going. Yeah, here's and it's not just that they give you a carton. So you're like, oh hey, I'm gonna go see what Susie's doing. Um, you know, I knew she was doing that that pie baking yeah. contest. And next thing you know, you're looking for cigarettes. Yeah, and they're, no, and the next thing you know, Freedom Eagle is telling you that Hillary Clinton does blood libel. Yeah, and you're like, wow, boy, I never thought of her eating babies before, but it's here on the internet. Yeah, and uh, and and it's as silly as that makes it sound, and we we're over dramatizing it slightly. Millions and millions of people saw that stuff and went, hmm, "Yeah, it makes sense." Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's a vicious cycle here. It reinforces the viewpoints that have been established. Oh, like it gets more and more outlandish, and they just continue Look, to. This is what it gets at, and where it's so tricky is it gets to the core product promise of these giant platforms, which is that an advertiser can come to them and say, I want to reach an audience. And they go, absolutely. We know how to reach people. We know how to influence them. They're going to click on your stuff and you're going to get value back. And they've been saying that for years and it actually has made them hundreds of billions of dollars. Yeah. Right. This is how the system works. And then all of a sudden all this stuff happened and they're like, well, you you know, people don't believe everything they read. And (laughs) let's add this dimension to it. This wasn't two campaigns at each other's throats. This was a foreign actor getting in the mix. Yeah, and then you add that into it. You add Russia into it. I mean, and then you like... And we still don't know what the hell happened, frankly. We still don't have anything like clarity. No. There's evidence that 
servers touch servers and all this, you know, computers were in the mix and we know the IPs are from here and all of this stuff. But it all came at once, man. It was the system was in place. The units that we came to understand as pages and newspapers were obliterated and replaced with these entirely disposable units of information. I think there's also, it just revealed how non-cunning we are. We have a CIA. We have a lot of, we we like to meddle as a country. Mm -hmm. We always have. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we kind of assume that deep down we're on the up and up. And we're we're doing it for good reason. We're also the best, accordingly. We're the best, yeah. we're the best at the tech. Yeah, and, and we're decent people. <laughs> and we got into this position in which they housed us. I mean, they schooled Absolutely. us so hard. You got people in essentially content factories putting like boob oh, pictures yeah. aligned with oh, yeah. you know Hillary Clinton shooting yeah. guns. I mean, it's just madness. Let me be an un, un, an unapologetic patriot for a second yeah i got my ass kicked absolutely I, i'm i'm supposed to be the one that knows all the encryption stuff no we're missing we're two mr digital guys and yeah. we went to war without knowing it and just got the crap kicked out without of us. a doubt and you know i think when you limit resources you get really really creative yeah with your stuff well and this is a great thing right i think what happens is so cheap yeah like i think the russians were and then you know other north korea has been kicking our ass in certain ways too mm-hmm. i think they got. They're like, well, what can we do? Yeah, we exactly. can't use nuclear weapons. That's really bad. Let's avoid that at least so far. Knock on wood. Yeah, but boy, you know, actually, with with one relatively cheap cable modem line, yeah, we can destabilize a giant global democracy. Also, I will give us some credit that we just we accepted the kind of handshake pact amongst countries that you just don't meddle. Um, I, I just, uh, even if we could do it, and I think we could obviously do well, it. Well, the tricky thing is when you look at the NSA, we were. Regardless of that, we were the ones who were supposed to be doing all the spying. Right. And This wasn't spying. No, this was just, this was this actual was, a form of warfare. There's no spying here. It's not like they were in my house. They just, it was just straight out. They just took the keys. It was a global disinformation campaign focused at the 2016 election. Yeah. And I, I'm curious to hear how we deal with this in the future. Frankly, the, the thing is, I don't. I think it has to go outside of tech. I think it's like, look, if you want to be part of the like family of nations, you do this and then, you know, sanctions and threats. And I don't think it's going to be tech. It can't I, be tech. I agree. We're it's in endless, this. Right? We're in this chaotic situation in which the people who would set the policy were su- succeeded partially because of this happening. Yeah. So it's an impossible situation. Anyway, I mean, look, that's a big one to close on, Paul. Well, we should go back to the iPhone X. Just relax. We got seven years to go, so we're going to pace it. <laughs> I don't think people take that into. By the way, that. Russia can't hack the iPhone X. They tried. <laughs> so far. So far. So that was 2017. Before we go, what's one thing you want to learn or do in 2018? Oh, like outside of tech? Well, I mean, whatever. could be whatever. People have come to know us a little bit on the podcast. Let's, let's hold ourselves accountable. Like and talk a good about omelet. Oh, that's a great one, actually. Like a good omelet. I've seen like the French do it. Just and like they, flip like, it over really fast. Not even a flipping. So you sort crisp. of fold it. It's like halfway to crepe. You kind of fold and you fold again and it's just there's like a, mm. a wet center to it. Yeah, that's hard to do. You know, for me, I feel um, disconnected from the world of design at large. Like 
not just UX. You can't come back with that bullshit. No, I don't want to make an omelet. I'm not going to make an omelet. I mean, I got to go to the gym more. That's on the that's on the docket. Okay. Um, but no, I mean, you know what it is? Like, I want to go. I need more museum time. That's what I'm saying. I, I me too. You know, I that went, sounds great. Last year, uh, I, I went down to the Library of Congress and did the tour. Mm-hmm. It made me realize just how, like, how powerful it is to get connected to just sort of all the stuff. Yeah. Just to just to, the way it reframes your thinking. So you that's really love goal. that place. Well, I mean, yeah, it's okay. We're in a great. The- we're near. A, we're near Washington D.C. and we're in a great museum town here in New York City. So we have no excuse. That's exactly right. Well, look, let's make 2018 good. That wasn't a good technology year, man. We've got bullshit happening with Bitcoin. You've got Russia up my ass. This was not a great tech year. There were there <sighs> there wasn't massive progress in any. Like, like sixteen was just drones. Yeah. Look! Look at this nonsense. All right, look. Let's not go down that path. We'll you want to look ahead? Time. Get in touch with Postlight. <laughs> Hello at postlight.com. We're gonna put uh, promise. We're doing this. Check out the page on Track Changes. Track Changes connected with this podcast. There will be a spectacular omelet recipe in there. All right, omelets. Everyone have a lovely week. Hit and us up on on hello at postlight.com. Let's have a great 2018 together. And one of the ways to do that is five stars on iTunes for track change. Happy and healthy, y'all. All right. You don't have to give us five stars. We hope you have a good 2018 no matter how many stars. No matter what. Yeah.